myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. The Orioles' new ownership can't run, they can't hide. They're grabbing Corbin Burns on a 10-cent ride, and they're fleecing the Brewers. It was so much fun. Will they grab another pitcher before the offseason's done? Will they keep on spinning, trying to win it, it all? The new owners are like a breath, breath of fresh air before the team hits the ball. It's only February, but it feels like June. It's only February, but it feels like June. It's only February, but it feels like June. Come on, spring training. Yeah. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me, as always, don't know what he's singing, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? Don't. It's a mystery, huh? No no, no, no guesses? Nope. Probably something obscure, right? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about last week, we are into the month of February, and we talked about maybe having the theme be love uh as uh as our as our opening theme here and this was actually a, a song by tommy james and the shondells they did like Ooh. crimson and clover I love crystal blue persuasion but this was a song that they did called it's only love nice and you're like i have no idea what that is right <laughs> yeah, i don't know if i've heard of it no, check I it don't. out man it's a very catchy tune yeah I as like you them. can tell tell from my opening song right there it's it's, it's catchy i think i was listening to them last night they were doing really? that i think we're alone now oh uh, yeah great song right there too i have a tommy james the shondell uh, uh record album i think it's uh, uh for the i think we're alone now album's got like footprints and stuff on it yeah cool. that's pretty yeah. sick yeah it, it fucks man yeah. it fucks it fucks yep. hard oh uh, it totally does with their shoes off with their shoes off we actually yep. have a few headlines actually i know right yeah i'm fainting right now you just can't see it all right yeah well, yeah we we actually have some movement or something <laughs> there's a heartbeat in baseball there's a heartbeat right in the off season as we're eight days away from uh or less than that now six days or so six seven days for pitchers and catchers reporting yep and yep. there's a heartbeat in the off season that has a pulse and it comes all the way in baltimore again yep. Yep, Corbin Burns. Yeah, man, he's he's yeah. he's out. He's he's yeah. out in uh, Milwaukee. Now he's yep. uh, with the Orioles, which is that was really head scratching. I yeah. mean, it was uh, when that happened. That just took them right out of the Blake Snell. I'm not yep. saying they're they're not going for Blake Snell, but right. by trading for Corbin Burns, it's pretty well safe to say that you don't want to pay another pitcher right, right, big money. So they went right. for Corbin Burns, which is a smart move. Mm-hmm. But I also think this signals the Brewers are going to tear it all down. Yeah, me. I'm thinking so too. Just yeah. also funny that the uh, the ink isn't even really dry on the new ownership taking over. And they're like, all right, here we are. Right. Corbin Burns, right? Yeah. Gonna make yeah. a splash here. Completely the opposite of what the old regime uh, in Baltimore does, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> I just, I... I I don't mind it. I mean, I, I don't mind the move at all. I mean, I, for the Orioles, they completely fleeced the Milwaukee. Well, they did. Brewers. They didn't have to go up any top five uh, prospects, did they? No, no, no not at all. Nope. Well, I mean, I think the only thing that they ended up giving up was God, nothing. I mean, nothing too big, nothing that's going to look like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this is this is like a game changer, because I thought with the remember the last trade we had where uh, you know, I think we were announcing a trade like a week or so ago, but mm-hmm. um, but they didn't really have to give away. They ended up giving away, I believe, this shortstop named jo- Joey Ortiz, and then Dale Hall. He's a lefty who used to be a top prospect, but I think he has enough MLB time, service time, to where he's okay. not anymore. But yeah, they ended up giving up Joey Ortiz, which is a top ten guy, but I don't know if he's top one hundred. I don't believe he's top one hundred. Okay. Yeah, and they end up getting. <laughs> Yeah, and they end up getting uh, Corbin Burns, which is you know yeah. good for them. Milwaukee in the next in the last couple of days, I mean they they got Jacob Junis. Yeah, I was about to say up... that. Hey, you know they they uh, they really filled the Corbin Burns hole with uh, Jacob Junis, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I, you go from Cy Young pitcher to to Jacob <laughs> Junis, Jacob which Junis. Yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> and then they ended up getting to uh, they ended up trading Ethan Small away. Which was another like depth guy for them, which I was actually really surprised that they would trade Ethan Small, but he was a former first round pick, uh, and he traded okay. and he just traded him for cash. 
So to me, it just looks like Milwaukee's trying to clear payroll. Yeah, I mean, they've already lost their all-star manager. You know, yeah. Lost, uh, you know, Craig Council of the Cubs. They're pretty much saying, all right, w- waving the flag, saying, all right, well, he's gone. We might as well just start, you know, start fresh with a, uh, you know, a, a new new squad. So I think I think that's what what the thinking what the thinking is. I, mm-hmm. I think the thinking is we're going to end up retooling this, mm-hmm. uh, make it cheaper, and I'm pretty sure some of the contracts they can't get rid of, like Christian Yelich and some yeah. of them. I think if Christian has a good season, then mm-hmm. you're going to see him being moved at the trade yep, deadline. Pedal him. Yep. Uh, they got. Reese Hoskins for cheap. So to me, I was just surprised. I I said, I Mm -hmm. thought they were going to be a team that was going to battle in the central because they won the central last year. Yeah. And I know the Cubs are on their heels and, and it can be a hard division. If, if the Cardinals are are competitive and the Pirates, I was going to say the Cardinals are alive, you know, but but, uh, the Reds, the Reds are alive. The Cubs are alive. So, I don't know. Uh, the Brewers just seem like they're bowing out. I don't see yeah. unless Corbin Burns was was just not happy, but I, I didn't hear any of those reports. No, no, me either. But I think the I think the real clue came when when Craig Council left. I think he probably knew something. Yeah, changes are afoot. Uh, changes were were coming, and nope. when he when he took the first jump, I think at the end he was very like okay. I'm gone for more mm-hmm. money. And I think that mm-hmm. cued in that Milwaukee's not going to spend any more. So. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Which is kind of a bummer, really, because I kind of like seeing Milwaukee in it. It's a small market too. team. And yep. I thought they were going to do a little bit more, but <clears throat> they're heading back into their toilet status like they were in the uh, mid uh, 2010s or so, you know? Yeah. Like but it, it's two trades between, it's a trade between two small, uh, small, supposedly small market franchises. Right. And, I mean, I don't hate it for the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles are coming out mm-hmm. smelling like roses on this end. I mean, they didn't really have mm-hmm. to give up a mu- much. They have an instant ace in Corbin Burns, which mm-hmm. is just fantastic. I mean, what wh- I don't see the downside, especially if, I mean, mm-hmm. they're running it back with mostly the same rotation that right. they had last year. The Bradish, the Rodriguez, Means, Kramer, and Wells, but... I, I think, think it's a matter of maybe getting some seasoning because a lot of the members of the staff are are young, you know, still mm-hmm. trying to get their their legs under them. So maybe you get the seasoning from last year, get them better, and maybe they'll bounce back this next year. You know, yeah. So maybe they just need one to do a slight tweak, get someone in there like a Corbin Burns, a proven top of the rotation guy who maybe can influence the younger pitchers as well. So yeah, well, yeah. and I, I think that's smart. And if he has a good season, then he's going to be resigned. Exactly. Because the Brewers were sitting on a, this one year deal. I mean, this guy had a one year deal. I'm sure they didn't want to pay him, and especially with the way pitchers are getting paid right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if Yamamoto's set the market but seeing that he's not hasn't pitched a single game in major league baseball maybe he didn't right but i'm sure he's gonna look for a good good money so agreed, agreed. i'm sure they wanted to kind of pedal him now to see what he because he's 29 gonna be 30 he's in the prime of his career so mm-hmm. they might wanted to change they might have wanted to flip or something but i i think the signs were there when they didn't want to assign brandon woodruff yep Yep. It's just it's kind of weird, but uh, on the Orioles side, new new ownership, a young team, a direction, mm. good players. Man, you gotta put your hats off to them. I was gonna say that doesn't get you rock hard. I don't know what does, right? I mean, if yeah, if you're uh, in Baltimore, if you're, you're boner, in Baltimore. I was gonna say your boner's hitting your chin. Yeah, <laughs> it's slapping you in the face. Oh, dude, it's totally it's flopping yeah. right in your face. Yeah, if you're an East Coast, your Orioles fan here, man. You're 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 flying high. Right? You are so, you you are flying yeah. high. So they're going to be in the running again in the East, which makes which makes sense. Yep. And then going to the other coast, you and I <laughs> predicted this would happen. We even have it on our free agent tracker Woo! that Clayton Kershaw is going to be returning to the Dodgers. There he is. Well, we kind of had a feeling it was going to happen one way or another. I couldn't see him really anywhere else. And if anywhere yeah. else, it might have been maybe the Rangers. Yeah, uh, but I you know at his age. I couldn't see him moving anywhere else. So yeah, Kershaw back with the Dodgers. And I think there's a player option for the next year as well. I, I think um, so. Uh, not much has been released about how much he's yeah. making. I don't see anything about the how many years, but okay. if if I, I don't know if he signed for a multi-extension, but what I can what I'm thinking is he's gonna do a, what LeBron does and just keep signing one year deals. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm is smart. So I mean, it's smart. 
Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a player option for the 2025 season. So okay. n- new details are starting to come out with it. So, yep. Yeah, but I'm not sure if the dollar figures are out yet. But yeah, there is an option for the 2025 player option. So it's not a club option. So he can decide if he wants to come back again after uh, after this season. It's so. probably just going to keep on being the same thing. But I'm thinking so, too. I mean, yeah. this this the rotation is absolutely stacked. Remember, they traded oh. for Glass now. So they have mm-hmm. Glass now. They got Yamamoto. They got uh, young Bobby Miller. They got Walker, Walker Bueller, Bueller coming, back. coming back. Yep. They got top yep. prospect Emmett Sheehan in there. Yep, Jeez, yep. Now D- you Dustin, add Kershaw. Dustin May at some point. You know, Dustin May has the potential to be, uh, yeah, g- good. So, you know, and a lot of those guys, if they're not working out in the rotation, you could put them in the, in the exactly, bullpen. which has uh, been a sticking point for the Dodgers in recent years. Seems to be their bullpen always seems to let them down. So now they have a myriad of options here, Mike. You know, yeah, the I rich just like, get richer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just like Clayton Kershaw staying with the Dodgers. We've mm-hmm. talked about this before, and he, he'll be with one team his whole his whole we'll time, which is yeah, which will be yeah. which will be nice. Yep, which will be nice because I, I didn't really, I didn't. People were saying, well, he might go to the Texas Rangers or Houston mm-hmm. because he's from Texas, from Texas but yeah. he doesn't. But he hasn't lived in Texas, I don't think, in years. I could be right. wrong. I think he lives in L.A. No, he does. I, yeah. Yep. Yep, so I think, I think so too. So uh, I mean, it just didn't make just sense. The sentimental journey of Texas, you know. Yeah, like, oh, that's where he was. You know, it's like, yeah. like Stafford talked about him going to the Cowboys or something. You know. Yep. You know, so yeah, it's fun to talk about, but would it actually happen? Probably not. Yeah, probably fucking probably not. not. <laughs> but it's nice that in this day and age, you have some players that are going to mm-hmm. stay with their same teams. Now, two players that look to be with their teams forever or a long time. One being Jose Altuve yeah. just signed an extension over 120 million, 100, 125 yeah, million, 125 million over five years or something, now. which so is fantastic. Makes him close up. out his career right there. With I, I think so too. Cause he's so. only 33 years old. This yep. will put him till he's 38. I don't know if you'll go. I mean, I can see him trying to go for records by the time he's 36, 37, right. 38. Yep. So We'll see how that all transpires, but I think this contract is safe to say it makes him an Astro for life. Yep, yep, I think so too. And that's you know, he's on that Mount Rushmore, if not the greatest Astro. He's up there with Biggio and Bagwell. I think I even put yeah. him them just because he he's won World Series championships, which wow. is something that they weren't able to do. So I you know, I think of him kind of as a Mister Astro. You know, you got Nolan Ryan who had a great decade there, and uh, but he wasn't there in Houston forever. Wasn't there. Exactly. You know, but yeah, I think he's right up there, if not better than uh, Bagwell and Biggio. That's a good call. Astros. That's a good call, Steve. A Mount Rushmore of Houston, of the yeah. Houston Astros. I mean, yeah, Bagwell and Biggio, of course, yep. are on there. Uh, maybe Lance Berkman yeah. would be on there. Uh, I mean, Man, would you, you put Brian Justin Osmus in there? Right well, there, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you throw Justin Verlander in there just because he's won two Cy Youngs there? He's won two. Yeah, I mean, you tough, could. Though, but- I mean, that's he's been there for what six, seven years, something like yeah. that. You know, I mean, that's a nice chunk of time. I wouldn't put him though above yeah. the three that we mentioned, or no. I w- I'm not even sure if I'd put him above Lance Berkman either. Yeah, that's him. tough. I mean, you could even Longevity. say Carlos. You could almost say Carlos Beltran's more of an Astro. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Than, than Justin Verlander, but yeah, Jose Altuve. Thinking about it, that's a good call. I'd say I kind of agree. I would have to agree with you. I'd say he's the you best. Throw Bregman in there too, right? I mean, you could throw Bregman. See, Bregman's he's his stock is pretty hot right now, especially for fantasy baseball. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I haven't seen enough from him in the last two, three years. He's too much of a roller coaster. Way you know, too much. Of a is a guy who who's been uh, he's been on my fantasy team. Is he's just way too much of a, a roller coaster? He's yeah, like ups and downs. He's not not consistent the way that Altuve is consistent. You know, Altuve right. if he's healthy and in the lineup, he's hitting over 300 with power. You know, which is wild for a five foot six guy. <laughs> exactly for a guy that's pretty much tossed aside, uh, le- left uh, left astray for any thoughts of a major league baseball career. I mean, yeah. then you have to like show up to a tryout or something even to get a chance. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He showed up to a tryout. I mean, he one well, he went there a couple times. One, he was too yeah. young, yeah. so they said to return when he's you know eighteen or whatever. Right. He came back. They fucking loved what they seen. Uh, yep. And here we go. Here we are. He's in the major leagues. I love his story. Yep, I do too. Since then, he's a consistent over three hundred hitter for the majority of his career. Mm-hmm. Won an MVP once. Yep. Man, I, World Series championships. Yeah. Batting yeah. titles. 
I think he's won a batting title once or twice, right? Yeah, and at thirty, at thirty three times, three time batting title. Wow! At thirty three years old, he has over two thousand hits, two thousand forty seven hits. Mm. So I wonder if he can hit that mark, hit the three thousand mm-hmm. mark. Man, I think yeah. Was he? At? Yep, he's what thirty three, thirty four. He's going to turn thirty four here in May. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if he can, you know, stay healthy. I think he might might have a good shot at three thousand. You know, maybe. I mean, his hitting numbers have. You know, I mean, he was again stay healthy. He only played ninety games last year, mm. so that you know health health was an issue there. Ninety games hit seventeen uh, home runs though. Still seventeen home runs. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking sweet. Yeah, it's not bad. And then on the other opposite side of the scale, this guy they're going younger, right? So yeah. we just seen. Colt Keith get with the Tigers Colt get Keith. signed to a yep. big contract, and yep, now we're seeing a day in day in the majors. He which, hasn't played yet. Which, yeah, which is uh, the the direction a lot of teams are going, though. You know, let me lock up our our prospects early so mm-hmm. that we don't have to pay them big when the time does come. It's basically yeah. take you know taking a minimal gamble. I look you know at the Colt Keith price. It, it's it's not that big of a risk for the Tigers. So and they they just really you know betting on his future and, and the upside of them. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bobby Wood Jr. getting Ooh, signed. Yeah. That makes sense. With Kansas City. What was it, an 11-year deal? 11, I think something like that. 225, so 200-something million. Right? Which is pretty good. I mean, that pays them yeah. over 20 a year. Yeah. Right? I mean, 20 a yep. year, shit, that ain't bad. No, not at all. And it, it shows, you know, the Royals are 1,000% in on this guy as being their cornerstone for years to come. Mm-hmm. And... um which is good on him. I mean, he had a slow start to last year, but then he started to really pick it up, similar to like, you know, Adley Rushman or, uh, or, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, for what's, uh, Gunnar Henderson. Remember, Gunnar Henderson sucked to, uh, to kick off the year and then he figured it out. Same thing with Bobby Wood Jr. Lots of strikeouts for Bobby Wood Jr. to, uh, at the start of the season, but then he started to figure things out and get more seasoning in him and, and got better. And it, I think that's going to continue. Obviously, yeah. it's, you know, the Royals think so too, because they wouldn't have paid him the money that they did if they didn't think right. so. You know, <laughs> right? Well, it, it makes him the star of their team now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you exactly. had Salvador Perez, who I guess he considered a, like an old faithful, but he was never right. really the star. Kind of like a Willie Horton was with the Tigers years ago. Mm-hmm. He was never like a star star. Yeah. So Bobby Witt automatically moves in as a star. The future of their franchise. Mm-hmm. You know things like that. Yep. So yep. yeah, I, I two hundred eighty eight million. That's a very specific. No- wow, <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to see those opt outs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't, oh, totally. Yeah, there's got to be something like that. You know the the. All right, you signed me. This is great, but are you going to put anybody around me? Yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. Then you know it's got to be that some of those opt outs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly, exactly. So good, good on them. Makes over twenty million a year as like Oof. a twenty one, twenty three year old. So. Man. I wonder if he rubbed that in his dad's face. He's like, Dad, you make this money, Dad? Huh? Dad, I'm better than you ever were. Yeah. <laughs> suck on that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's like, suck on that, Dad. Uh, you know, going to the, if you, uh, if, like, I went and checked out Bobby Witt's stats at one time, his dad. Yeah. And I think he was a pitcher for the Yankees at one time. He pitched for a couple different teams, but he was never. It was kind of like Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say kind of like Patrick Mahomes uh, with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was something like that. So it was kind of like that. And then now Bobby Witt's essentially better than his dad ever was, which is whatever. I'm sure as a father, I'm sure he's just proud. Yeah, exactly. He's just he's just a proud, proud dad here. But it makes you wonder if some of these dads are like. Like man, I man. I wish I could have been that good. Like for instance, Drew uh, Andrew Jones, right? His son Drew Jones is coming up now. Mm-hmm. Drew Jones becomes better than his dad. I wonder, you, you know, you just wonder what those yep. conversations are like. Or Jackson Holiday coming up, his dad's Matt Holiday. Hey. Or <laughs> you look at Mike Cameron, Daz Cameron Daz ca- sucks. Like yeah, Daz Cameron yeah. can't even. Remember when we were majors. excited that we got him in the Verlander deal? Oh man, yeah, that excitement died pretty yeah um, <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. Let me, uh, yeah. let, let me throw let me throw a number out here for you. So so you said Bobby Witt Jr. is probably making over twenty mil a season, right? I think the, I uh, believe so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bobby Witt Senior in his entire MLB career, twenty one million dollars. 
That's how he made just twenty one million. For, yeah, twenty one million six hundred thirty five thousand dollars. See, I think that's what it comes out for to. an entire career. And that's Bobby Wood wild. Jr.'s like, we'll make that in one year. I'm pretty sure Bobby Witt's already made that. Yeah, well, that, that well, that's what he did. That that's uh, that's Bobby Witt's career earnings in the major leagues for his 15 year uh, career or whatever it was. And so his son's already made his that. Son, his probably. yeah, his son yeah, his son will be making what he made in an entire career. His son will make that in one season. That's wild. Isn't that? <laughs> that is absolutely fucking wild. So <laughs> good on these guys. So yeah, these, that's kind of the headlines right now. Is just a lot of you got a one big trade, and then you have a few signings, mm-hmm. which are basically just extensions, and they're interesting signings. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the tale of there. There are three different tales. You have one that wants to retire a Dodger. Yep. He, I I still think Hershey has some in the tank. He's not too old, but he's right. not too young, obviously either. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Then you got El Tuve, who's looking to be an Astro forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is kind of getting into the Miguel Cabrera years where right. this is going to be, is he going to slow down or is he still going to continue uh, ascending? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Miguel kind of ascent, descended down, it yeah. was more descended. It was right <laughs> it, where where El Tuve has a shot to really potentially do something. Mm-hmm. Well, not I'm not saying more or less. I'm just saying as the Mount Rushmore, as you put it, and I agreed on, he could. We could see three thousand hits in the future. We could yep. see things like that. So yep. fifteen hundred uh, RBIs, and then you yep. got another tale, which is Bobby Witt Junior. <laughs> becoming the face of the franchise officially with that contract. Yeah, it's good stuff. And meanwhile, Blake Snell and his sneaker cr- collection has no idea where he's going to go <laughs> here in a, a week or so for spring yeah. training. <laughs> yeah, he's, <still laughs> he's got. Wondering. He's got. I was going to say he's got sneakers all boxed up, nowhere to yeah. go. Yeah, he's still wondering. <laughs> he's <laughs> still fucking wondering. <laughs> Oh yeah. man! Be calling, is he represented by Scott Boris? I feel like Scott uh, Boris is sniffing around in this one, right? I can look, but yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, you imagine a lot of these guys have to be represented Scott, by Scott Boris. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, Scott yeah. Boris is his agent. Yeah, Scott Boris is holding the uh, holding the uh, the people by the balls here, pretty much. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm calling the shots here, and the owners just don't seem to be buckling, right? I feel yeah. like this is a standoff just between the agents and the owners here on, on these contracts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the owners versus Scott Boris. Scott Boris. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, it makes you wonder, right? I mean, you have two of the biggest free agents still in the market. You have Blake yeah. Snell, so represented by Scott Boris. You have Cody Bellinger, represented, represented by, by Scott, Scott Boris. Boris. Yeah. And, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, yeah. let's sign these guys with teams. And uh-huh. I think Cody Bellinger has lowered his asking price yeah. significantly. And I just picture like like a sign out in like a, a window right there with his original asking price and then a slash where a new price. Oh yeah, and, and, then, and then you see it. him go out there, he keeps slashing the price. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. That. Oh man. Price is so low, you can't say no. Oh, that's that's so funny. Yeah. What is it like those far those far side calendar or yeah, those far exactly. side comics? It's like that would make a good far side comic right there, man. Oh man. But yeah, I I totally, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's why these guys haven't been signed. It's clearly Scott. We're a week Morris. away. So, but I remember the last couple of years, our free agent tracker list it was mm-hmm. extending into the season. So, yeah. yep, yep. We'll see where we're at with that. But uh, continuing on from that, we are back, Steve, in our then and now series. We're continuing Swell. it very much so very much so yeah. and we got first base we we still have to cover all our infield so Woo! we got time we got time yeah i think i kind of so i was looking at last year's we i think it was the week after opening days when we gave our final okay our final list and because remember the the week before we give our our season preview and prediction mm-hmm. series our yep. uh a show so we go into a lot of that and that and we usually don't pu- put the the now then and now in, into those categories. So right. we usually do it the week after. So that puts us like by the time we're doing done with this, we'll have we'll just have our DH now because there was no DHs in the 1950s. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that will be kind of the final week, of, like a week past opening day will be the final week of then and now. So we got a while yep. still. We got a little while. Stay tuned. Got some. Good, good times ahead here. Guys. Well, it's, it's going to be crazy because I was looking ahead, Steve, and we have a, tons of new players and new positions. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Judge is now the starting center fielder for the New York Yankees. Before he right. flirted with it, now he is just he a center is. fielder. Wow. Uh, um, Juan Soto. Remember Juan Soto used to be a left fielder? Well, no, mm-hmm. now he's right fielder for the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Here, here's the biggest 
position change of all that I think you might already know, or if not, it's going to blow your mind. Mookie Betts is now a starting second baseman. Like per, per that was me. That was me falling out of my chair. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to give a sound effect right there. So, <laughs> take over, Mike. Yeah, call nine one one. It's all yours, man. No, that's a shock. So he's yeah. no, no longer doing the outfield, huh? They have such a stacked outfield. He got Outman out there, and man. it's yeah, Corbin Carroll. Used to be a left fielder. Now he's yeah. right fielder because they signed Jack Peterson. So Jack Peterson's a left fielder. Uh, so yeah, man. the Dodgers kind of have a stacked outfield. They're thinking okay. Otani could play potentially some could outfield be. too. Yep. Okay. So from everything I've read, everything I've Get looked into, Mook. the the depth charts, Mookie's their starting second baseman now moving yeah. forward. Well, hopefully in Yahoo they still give you the outfield option for him, right? Maybe the I mean they would have to. Yeah. I mean they kind of have to with a lot of them, right? I mean because. Mm-hmm. Because people like Jordan Alvarez, he's a DH, but he's also a left fielder. Exactly. Right. And a lot yeah. of these guys, they play so many different positions. Yep. You you kind of have to put them, be able to put them everywhere. But I think the Dodgers mm-hmm. were so impressed with Mookie Betts. He did great when he uh, played sporadically at second last year. I thought he did a great yeah. job. I thought he you did know? too, man. And, and didn't you say he did uh, infield when he was was at college, high school, right? Did he? Uh, he has a his history in the infield, right? Yeah, in high school, I think the he played a little bit at Tennessee, but okay. I think mostly he was an outfielder who was working on his hitting because he was coming in as not being a great hitter, and then right. he becomes a fucking great hitter. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, in in high school he played he played okay. shortstop, second base. So yeah. he's no stranger to it. He kind of has yeah. the build for it, and he makes mm-hmm. Ro- uh, Miguel Rojas much better. Rojas. Yeah, <laughs> makes him a lot better, Steve. So I, nice. I, I don't mind the move. I, I, no, I don't mind the nope. move at all. Nope, I agree. I think that's a yeah, good, good move. Good again, Dodgers. All right, should we just engrave your name on the World Series uh, championship trophy right now? Or dude, it's 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 incredible. It's is it, it? Freddie Freeman. I'm not going to go over their whole lineup, but it's like Freddie Freeman at first base. So basically, Max Muncy's like, okay, I'll move over to second. Mookie's like, no, 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 I'm playing no, second. No, I got this. Go yeah. ahead and move over to third, Muncy. <laughs> so Muncy's playing third. I mean, Will Smith, one of the top catchers in the mm-hmm. game. They have a stacked rotation. Their outfield is a bunch of young guns, including James Outman, who's the next Bellinger. Yep. Right? I mean, yep. it's just incredible. Potentially so, Otani out there. So you're telling me that uh, that even Brad Ausmus could run this team and win? They See, I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> <laughs> That guy took out a World Series in his hand, Steve. Here's the keys. Here's the keys. Leland was basically gave him the Corvette and said, don't scratch, don't scratch it up. And this motherfucker got into an accident. I was going to say, he he ran into a brick wall. He turned into an accordion, Steve. He did, he did. Oh, man. Which led to later on Verlander getting fucking traded. Oh, my God. I'm going to drink now. I'm (laughs) going to drink now. Oh man, sorry. I didn't mean to open up that mood or that wound. Remind me not to talk about the NFC Championship. Game. Oh my god, yeah, I'm still recovering from that. But uh, and anyway. so this week and then and now, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So baseball gonna, podcast. <laughs> yeah, baseball podcast. We're taking the top players in each position. This week yep. is our, we we moved over to our first baseman. So it's the best first baseman in the 1950s. Pick pick five, and then we move over to the best first baseman right now. Which I have last year's list, and I will compare it. So, oh man, uh, I love it. Okay, all right, Steve, start us off. You're number five for the best first baseman in the 1950s. Okay. Who do you? Well, have? well, I got to say again, we got some real dapper names here that we'll be uh, we be going with here uh, yeah. as we near the top of the list. But for me, I got you know number five. I got Eddie Robinson. Okay. Uh, now, his you know he's kind of a journeyman, bounced around a bit. You know, started his career in Cleveland, but and then went to Washington. Then in the fifties, he was with the White Sox. He was with the Philadelphia Athletics. Spent some time with the Yankees. Uh, back with uh, Kansas City Athletics, uh, Tigers, and then closed things out with Cleveland and Baltimore. But he had a really nice stretch um, in the mid fifties there with the White Sox, where you know he had the good power. You think of first baseman, especially now. You got you know you think of guys that can can hit for power and. And he could do that and also have a pretty good average. You know, he had a stretch there, 51, 52, 53. You know, he's hitting uh, over 20 home runs a season. Power kind of dipped a little bit, uh, a little bit after that. But he had three all-star appearances in the uh, in the 50s. And uh, just a pretty, you know, solid journeyman uh, at first base. So he was good enough to crack my top five at number five. Eddie Robinson, a good name, a good name, a good yep. solid 1950s name. Totally, totally. Not as good as uh, my number four guy, which I think actually is your number five guy, because that, that name just screams power right there, right? Right, right. <laughs> but his actual true name is Victor Felipe Peloy Pavoy. 
and it is uh, short for Vic Power. Vic That's Power. I kind of feel bad for him. He had the Bob Clemente route, right? Where oh yeah, where they, they didn't want to make him, him sound American, right? That's exactly it. They, oh, they stupid. I hated that they did that. Uh-huh. And they did that with Roberto Clemente in his career, calling him Bob Clemente. Uh, and finally, he became so good that they said this they man's said name is Roberto. Roberto. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, but, oh, Vic, Vic, Vic Power. That's what we got. Vic Power. I, I thought it would. I, what a dope name Vic Power is. Right. Uh, man. Yeah, Vic Power essentially was a guy that comes into the Cleveland Indians to oh, Philly, KC, played for a those in, as well, right? In the Negro Leagues. And then mm. he comes over to the um he comes over, I'm sorry, in the minor leagues he played, mm. not in the Negro Leagues. But then he comes over to the Major League Baseball and he becomes uh, I read here the second Puerto Rican of African descent to play in okay. Major League Baseball. Oh, very so cool. at that time, the second Puerto Rican ever to play in the American League. So I thought that was worth noting. But yeah, I mean, he he was a guy that kind of came in in the later in the later fifties. Um, so we're talking nineteen fifty four ish, and then he kind of turned it up, man. He, he turned it up uh, from fifty five on. We're talking three hundred nineteen. 319 batting average, 309 batting average, 312 and 58, and it goes on and on. His power numbers, you think he'd have legitimate power numbers being Vic Power, but he wasn't really a power guy. <laughs> he was more on nope. get on base. He could actually bring him in. He was always mm-hmm. great with runners on base, so he never left a lot on, which was really good for Vic Power. But yeah, Vic Power for me comes in at my number five. Okay, well, he's good enough for you at five. He's even better for me because it comes in for me at number four. Nice. Um, you know, like like you said, he kind of came in in the middle part of the uh, the fifties there. Uh, you know, didn't didn't have that power, but but like you said, he could get on base. I think he um uh, he led the uh, led the league in triples in nineteen fifty eight. He had ten ten tr- ten triples that year uh, to go along with sixteen home runs, eighty RBIs. Got a Gold Glove that year, so obviously he can do it on the uh, defensive side as well. Uh, you know, made a couple all a uh, couple all star appearances, I believe. Uh, Four, four here, mm-hmm. four, three or four in the 1950s. Um, yeah, I mean, solid. Like I said, solid Gold Gloves in his whole career. He won a seven-time Gold Glove winner from 58 to 64. So obviously, he kicked it off there in the late 50s uh, for his Gold Glove uh, streak there. I mean, with that number of Gold Gloves, the way at the Hall of Fame's putting people in, he'd be a Hall of Famer right now if he played right? modern day baseball, right? I know, <laughs> for real. Dude. But yeah, just a, a, a very, very solid. Solid player could do it with the glove, could do it uh, uh, with the bat and getting on base. So Vic Power for me comes in number four. Number four for me, it's just a flip flop of what we what did. Steve did. Yeah, Look we flipped us. on this. I went Eddie Robinson. <laughs> okay. Uh, looking at my list now, probably shouldn't. I probably would have went Vic Power fourth, but, <laughs> but oh, well, what no. are you going to do, right? <laughs> but I, I actually do like Eddie Robinson uh, because I liked his uh, two, three year stretch with the. Mm-hmm. White Sox, and then I think he went to the Athletics. He was from fifty one to fifty three. He had over. I think it was 320 RBIs, which is Ooh, pretty astonishing. And then a lot of hits too, man. We're talking 159, 176, 152 in that three-year stretch. And before that, he was really good in the 40s. And then he took, you know, obviously he was in the World War II. So yep. he took some time off. But the 50s, we're kind of seeing the later years. Uh, he mm-hmm. made a little MVP stretch in the beginning of the 50s. And then the end of the 50s, he just kind of petered out a little bit. Now, he always was really good at getting on base and we were talking about a guy that could get on base at, at will, but his thing was kind of staying in the lineup. So mm-hmm. yeah. So once he hit 53, then he started, I mean, he didn't even hit a hundred games after that. So the only reason he's in my top five is one, it's a weak first baseman class of the 1950s and two, right. <laughs> he had an immaculate stretch at the beginning of the fifties. So Eddie Robinson for me comes in at number four. Okay. Uh, number three, we got uh, another dope name, Mickey Vernon. I mean, that's Mickey just that, that just screams awesomeness right there, right? Uh, just a, a sol- solid player. You know, spent a uh, bulk of his time there in the fifties uh, with the Washington Senators. I even managed the Senators in the early uh, early sixties there, but then bounced mm-hmm. around to Boston, Cleveland. Uh, Milwaukee Braves, and then uh, that that closed out his time in the fifties. Then he spent nineteen sixty with the Pirates, where he won a World Series. But fifty uh, three, he uh, was a batting champion. So you know, pro- props to uh, props to him on that. With a uh, um, yeah. you know, and but again, like an, another guy, you know, 
uh, you, you think third first baseman now you think power this guy was just the guy that could uh could get on base in 53 he uh you know, not only won the batting title with a 337 average but he had 43 doubles uh and followed wow. up with 33 doubles in the 54 season so um you know but uh, he's a guy he only had 15 home runs in that 53 season but he drove in 115 runs so he's an all-star that year top three in rbi or in uh, mvp voting uh you know made uh five five all-star teams here in the 1950s so mm -hmm. again you know sal solid not home run power but just uh you know solid average you know good 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 player could hit for average so uh mm -hmm. mickey vernon he comes in for me at number three yeah, I did Mickey Vernon too at number three. Okay. Yeah, I mean this guy saw a lot of baseball. I mean he, he came did. in at nineteen thirty nine, and I mean you got to figure just the era of baseball he played in. He mm -hmm. played in. He played. He got to see Ted Williams and yeah. Joe DiMaggio, yeah. and then he kind of went into Mantle. Then he goes into his fifties seeing Mantle, a young Willie Mays, yeah. Hank Aaron, some of those yeah. guys, and it, and then he ends in nineteen sixty. Kind of the same year, I believe uh, Ted Williams did, but. Yeah. And he took some time off too, just like Ted Williams and for yep. World War II. But this is a guy that kind of was I, I would say when I look at his stats and mm -hmm. just read up on him, it would he's kind of like a frustrating player because he had some years where he was really good, but then he had some years where he was really There's bad. Right. <laughs> and he's never always played because I think how, how many games did they play? 150 something before yeah it was a little it wasn't uh, i don't think they went to 162 until i can't remember the exact until 61 was, yeah until 1961 yeah. because the whole mantle maris race but right before right. that i think it was like 154 100. games yeah but his he didn't play tons of games i mean right. he did he did early in his career and then he just slowly started going down but he still mm -hmm. managed to get you over 100 games which is good 53 being his best season of course mm -hmm. but yeah he was kind of a some years he'd bat over 300 and he'd get you 80 plus 90 uh, RBIs. And then other years he would get you more, 60 more. RBIs, 50 RBIs, things like mm -hmm. that. So, and his averages would just be all over the place. I mean, sometimes he'd be hitting over 300, other times 250. You know, I think one season right. he added, what was it, 158, 120? Wow, it's kind of in his final years. 189 in 1950. I was going to say in 58, he played 119 games, only managed. Was it three, uh, eight home runs? I mean, yeah. And he wasn't really. Yeah, it wasn't. A, like I said, he wasn't really a home run hitter, but, you know, this yeah. kind of kind of baffled the mind a little bit. Yeah, there, he, just, right? he was just fluctuated so much in his career. Mm -hmm. but, but he for for a guy who did that, he played a lot of baseball and he wound up with over 1,300 RBIs in his career and almost 2,500 hits. So yeah, Hall of Famer in my book, right? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer in today's book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, hit from the left side of the plate through lefty. So he, yeah, he wasn't a bad player at all. So Mickey Vernon mm -hmm. for me comes in at number three. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, going up to number uh, two for me, I have. Uh, that's going to be a great last name here, Ted uh, Klususki. 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 Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to call him uh, Teddy K. Teddy all K. Right? Teddy K. Old, old Teddy K. Um. You know, he was a uh, a guy who spent a bulk of his career in Cincinnati. Uh, best year would probably be, I'd say, his 1954 campaign. It was a solid season for him where he finished runner-up in MVP voting. I uh, had 49 home runs and 141 RBIs. Now, in today's baseball, that's what you think of when you uh, when you think first, uh, you know, first baseman there. So, right. um just uh, a, a guy who, as opposed to Mickey Vernon, this guy could hit for power. You know, he had, I'd say his best stretch there was that 53, 54, 55, 56 stretch where, uh, you know, consistently in the MVP voting and consistently uh, on the all-star team, hitting close to 40 home runs, driving in over 100 RBIs, hitting over 300 in that stretch, like in the 54 season, he hit 326. Um, you know, could also could also get some walks. Um you know, but, uh, this guy didn't strike out much either. I mean, I looked at this, his 54 season, which I've referenced. Uh, he, you know, played in 149 games that season, struck out a whole 35 times. You know, this guy wasn't going to get you those Joey Gallo, big, big ass uh, strikeout numbers. He knew plate discipline. He knew how to get on base. He knew how to hit for high average. Uh, you know, in, in an era of of so so. Uh, 
first baseman, I think he's he's near the top of the list. Not quite number one for me, but uh, uh, Ted, I'm just gonna call him Teddy K. Comes in for me at number two. Now my number two is a Hall of Famer. It's Gil Hodges. Now okay. Gil Hodges would, yeah, I mean, should he be a number one career wise? Yes, you would put Gil Hodges there. But the reason why he wasn't my number one is just because I think Ted, my pick, which ends up being. Steve's number two just had a better career uh, in the fifties, in, in my opinion. Mm, I gotcha. uh, and just the numbers I liked a lot, but man, Gil Hodges as my number two. I mean, you, you can't put it past. I mean, he hit over three hundred a couple times in his career, which were in the fifties. Well, yeah, well, uh, three times. Well, let's see, one, two, yeah, twice in his career, which were in the fifties. But man, I mean, the guy was always getting on base. The guy could hit for power. He could hit for average. He wasn't necessarily a five-tool player by any standards, but this was a guy that you could put in the heart of the lineup and he just provided. He played 18 years in the league, obviously another guy. I mean, a lot of guys were picking, picking in the 50s, did a lot of military time. So they they took off for World War II. So you kind of wonder what his stats would be like had he not went to war in, in the war. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy that didn't quite have 2,000 hits. Uh, you're talking about a guy that didn't have 1,500 RBIs to get you in, but he had the accolades and he had the, the numbers. He had a he was just a hitting machine, right? I mean, right. The guy could just hit and get on base, and he does that. He did everything you kind of wanted him to do. And throughout the fifties, when they were in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a part of the Boys of Summer, and then he was a part of that team moving to L.A. And Gil Hodges, just all around man, just a great player, always getting you over a hundred RBIs, especially through the fifties. So Gil Hodges for me is my number two. That's that's a solid number two, but not quite as good as number one, which is where Gil Hodges is for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah sorry, I have Gil Hodges in for me at number one. It was really a uh, uh, a toss up uh, between Ted oh, yeah, uh, and yeah. uh, and Gil Hodges. It really was a flip of a coin, but I went with Gil Hodges just because of the the bulk of the work there. I mean, he made uh, made the All Star team uh, six times in the nineteen fifties. Uh, won two World Series championships, got three gold gloves while he was in the 50s, uh, and also hit over 100 or, or uh, drove in over 100 uh, runs, I think six or seven times during the, that stretch. Uh, didn't quite have the average. I mean, he hit over 300 a couple of times. He didn't quite have the average as uh, Ted Kluzewski, but uh, um, just the, the the numbers overall, I think, uh, uh, just slightly shade and uh, a higher side for me to, to pick Gil Hodges. Uh, so Gil Hodges for me comes in at, at number one. Yeah. Number one for me is Ted Kluzewski. Klu- <laughs> he got I me too. Ya, I told you. Ted, Ted Kluzewski. Man, say that five times. Teddy K. Just call him Teddy K. <laughs> Teddy K. They called him the big clue. Ooh. They'd be on the big clue. So all right, all right. I guess he could be called that too. But he only played 15 years, which I mean, still a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, but he was a guy that just had absolute phenom power. Yeah, I mean, a guy that could easily get you 40 home runs on any any given season. The 50s were his decade to mm-hmm. really produce. Got you over 300. He'd be kind of. I kind of consider him like a Stanton would be today. Stanton mm. was amazing early in his career, and then just kind of fluttered out once he was in his 30s. And that's kind of what. Teddy K did. I mean, he was basically just a power hitter driving in, I think at one time, 141 RBIs in 1954 with Cincinnati. And then by the end of the fifties going into God, 59, 60, 61, you just seen it drop off a little bit. He still managed to hit close to 300 and, and try to get as many RBIs as possible. But I think after that 1956 season, he was never able to kind of quite get there again. Injuries played a lot of part of it as well. I mean, you're talking about a guy who played his last hundred game season in 1958. And then the rest after that was just, mm. just not as much anymore. But I mean, he was the essential star in the 1950s. He was fashionable. He he was that farm boy who wasn't really a farm boy, but I mean, he was, <laughs> he, he was a guy that went to, uh, he was, I think grew up in Illinois, big Pollock. He ended up getting uh, played football, right? And then mm. he ended up getting scholarship to Indiana University where he played football and baseball. He was just destined to be an athlete and he ended his career pretty good. You know, he ended his career kind of mostly as a Cincinnati red, but uh, and then the rest, he had a few smaller teams, uh, a, co- a couple other different teams at the end of his career. But Ted Kluzewski, man, he's the 
he's the guy, man, in the 1950s. So he comes in for me at number one for top first baseman in the 1950s. Thanks. Nice. There's a good clue right there. He's number there one. Number right. one. <laughs> well, shall we go from the then to the now, looking at the top first baseman uh, yep. here for 2024? Uh, coming in for me at number five is a guy they deemed worthy of the MLB The Show cover for this year. Um, but for me, he's just uh, number five for first baseman. That's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um not quite the MVP numbers that he put up in, uh, you know, in that, uh, or close to, I, I still, in my mind, he won the MVP in 2021, even though they gave it to Otani. Um, but still, you know, 264 average, definitely below uh, what he's capable of. Home run power down, only 26 home runs, 94 RBIs. But again, the guy's only, uh, you know, he's about to turn 20, 25. So he's still got a lot of good baseball in him. I think he'll turn it back up. Maybe he can get back up near the uh, the top uh, to the top again. But I'm putting him down number five for me just because of the down season that he had last year. Uh, hopefully he can improve and help out that Blue Jays lineup. But uh, Vlad Jr., he comes in for me at uh, number five. Yeah, if it wasn't for Bo Bichette leading that team, I don't know where they would be because yeah, he kind of took the reins of the team. And Vlad, while Vlad didn't have this horrible fucking season, he had, it right. wasn't the Vlad season you expect, right? I mean, 26 right. home run is good for any other right. player, but for a not guy him. that can hit 40 <laughs> to 50 home runs, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make any sense. I mean, 94 ribs, not bad either, but a guy should be hitting over a hundred ribs at this exactly. point in his career. Exactly. exactly. So, but um, kind of going back to last year, you had him as your number one. We both. Well, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, yeah, man. He, okay. He drops all the way to number five for you. Number five yeah. for me this year is Matt Olson. I love what Matt Olson did last year. Talk about a guy hit 283, 54 uh, home runs, 172 hits, 139 ribs. The guy did exactly what the Braves wanted him to do Mm -hmm. when they traded for him. When they brought him in over Freddie Freeman, over signing Freddie Freeman. So uh, Matt Olson, big six foot five power hitter, right in the middle of that lineup for the Atlanta Braves. He comes in for me at number five that's yeah that's that's a that's a solid pick and uh you know he's definitely you know no one can replace freddie freeman i would say in in atlanta braves lore at least the the modern day braves but matt olson has done a good job uh taking over the reins at first base for them yeah uh and for me at number four is uh is uh, bryce harper getting used to his new position there you know he took over the uh the reins at first base there in philadelphia uh last year yeah, I had a solid solid season, nice 293 average, played 126 games, 21 home runs, 72 RBIs. I think he's going to get better. I mean, obviously he was MVP in uh, 2021. He's going to get better because he was coming off the uh, you know the 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 Tommy John there surgery. So, uh, you know, I think that the power is going to continue to come back. Uh, he's only only 31 years old. He's going to continue to learn the position, continue to get better, and continue to just get back into that baseball field. Probably maybe win another Silver Slugger uh, this year, like he did mm-hmm. last year. Um, but you know, he's he's just a, a tick above uh, Vlad Jr. for me right now. So Bryce Harper, he comes in for me at number four. Number four for me was the same guy I had at number four last year, and that's wow. Pete Alonso. Polar bear, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 118 ribs, 46 home runs. Uh, mm-hmm. just, you got to love it, dude. Brought in a lot of runs, yeah. hits a lot of home runs, but where he's always been weak is his average. He's a guy right. that's just not going to get you a, a lot of hits all the time. I mean, he's a he reminds me of Jason Giambi. Reminds me of some of those guys who mm-hmm. can hit a country mile, but when it comes to average, it's just not there. So, yep. uh, Pete Alonso, man, I mean, big, big six foot three guy, kind of the heart and soul of the New York Mets right now, mm-hmm. and he's was number four last year and he stays at number four for me. I hope they retain him too. I hope they don't try and dangle him out as trade bait like the yeah, talks were last year. I just hope you know he seems like a guy that's the face of that franchise. I just hope he, they keep him around. I do too. Uh and for me at number three is a guy you talked about number five. I I just think he's a little bit better and that's Matt Olson. Um reason I really like Matt Olson is his durability. The guy hasn't missed a see a game his entire two seasons now with Atlanta. He's played 162 games every year, had a solid year last year. A slugging percentage of 604, 54 home runs, 139 RBIs, a 283 average last year, silver slugger award. Uh, you know, he's 29 years old. He's gonna be 30 here coming up at the end of uh end of March. 
Uh, and I think he's going to continue to, to blossom in the uh, Atlanta organization. He had a, a war. I know Mike, you don't like the war step. He was a 7.4 war last year um, uh, for, for Atlanta, the wins above replacement. And uh, I, I see the power numbers continuing, the RBI numbers, the, the average is going to continue to uh, hopefully be up there. Uh, so he he comes in for me at number three. Number three. Uh, yeah. Number three for me is Vlad Jr. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I still don't think he's... I still think he's one of the better first basemen in the wall of baseball. Is he number mm-hmm. one right now? No. He was number one for us last year. Obviously, he's going to has to drop after that kind of a season. But yeah. but needless to say, he's still a great player. I think he's right. the kind of player and he, comes, he has the bloodline where mm-hmm. he's just going to get better. He has the people in his corner. He has the keys to the Toronto... Blue Jays castle, you know, so I, I think there's nowhere to go for him, but up, I mean, uh, yep. I, I saw, you saw him lose weight. You saw him, you know, over the years to kind of get better, you know, he wanted to lose weight. He wanted to build more muscle. He did that. Now his swing needs to be tweaked a little bit, but I think he's going to figure it out this year. So Vlad Jr. For me comes in at number three. Okay. Uh, and for me, a number two is a, a guy that you had a little bit lower on the list, but I'm still high on him. And that's the polar bear, Pete Alonso. Um, he has everything you want as, uh, for a first base. And the only thing, like you talked about, Mike, is his batting average. He was 217 last year, but he has the capability to hit better. And I think he's going to get the, get the the kinks worked out and get it better. Because, I mean, in 2022, he was a 271 hitter. In his rookie of the year campaign, he was a 260 hitter. So he can get that average up in the two. 250, 260, 270 range. I think, you know, just try and limit the strikeouts. The strikeouts are huge last year, the 151 strikeouts. Uh, but he's got 40, 50 uh, home runs, a season potential, uh, over 120 RBIs. He can do that too. Uh, he's just, he has that mammoth power. Um, so he comes in, Pete Alonso comes in for me at uh, number two. Nice. Number two. Yeah. Number two yeah. for me is Bryce Harper with Bryce. With his new position of first base, it's kind of wild that we're seeing him play first base now. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, he goes from the outfield, DH, and a lot. Now he's they're kind of saying, "Hey, you're probably going to play first base." And he's only 30 years old, so I wonder if he'll ever get back in the outfield. I don't know. I've always yeah. enjoyed him in the outfield, playing mm-hmm. right field and what have you. But yeah, I mean, his bat's more valuable, so they're going to yep. put him at first base. And it's not like he has a bad glove. His glove's pretty good, especially if they're going to put him at first base. I mean, right. you're going to have to be taking a lot of hot scoops off the ground from throws and, you know, it's essentially the other hot corner of the field, especially if, you know, against um, left-handed batters. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of look at this. I kind of look at this a couple different ways. I mean, I, out of everybody on this list, him and Freeman probably have the best career right so far but harper i mean we're talking about a two-time mvp we're talking about a guy that potentially could be in the hall of fame as well mm-hmm. and he's done a lot of things in his in his in his baseball career but one thing when he came back last year i mean he just i at first he started slow i'm like ah oh, he just doesn't got it anymore but then he started coming on he started seeing the old price return and i thought he did phenomenal in the short amount of time that he played you know mm-hmm. he almost hit 300 had over 20 home runs uh, you know, good on him. So, you know, Bryce Harper for me, I think he'll continue that this year. I think they're really hungry and Philly's really mad right now. I mean, for how they lost last year. So yeah. I, I think so close again, again. <laughs> so I think this might be the year for them, but I, I think it starts with Bryce Harper. So for him, so for me, he comes in at number two. For me. Okay. Uh, for me at number one, uh, I mean, you got to go with the guy. It's uh, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, um, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, yep. same with you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Freddie Freeman, he's like he's like Pete Alonso, but can hit for above average. You know, yeah. he had he yep. he had the three three thirty one batting average last year, three thirty five the year before. Uh, you know, on base percentage of four four ten. Uh, he's led. He, he had fifty nine doubles last year, twenty nine home runs, hundred and two RBIs, top three in MVP. Obviously, won the MVP back in 2020. You know, been in the top top 10 for MVP MVP voting the last six seasons. Uh, can do it in the uh, the field as well. He's won Gold Gloves before. Um, 
I mean, he he's the the cream of the crop right now. I think when it comes to uh, the first baseman, and uh, he's on an already stacked Dodgers team, so he'll just fit right in. He knows that he doesn't have to be the star on the team. He just goes out and can do his job, and I think he'll do great again this year. So yeah, Freddie Freeman's number one for me. Yeah, you gotta love what Freddie Freeman mm-hmm. does, man. And he's just I think when we look back at his career, we're gonna see just a ball player that did everything right. You know, right. he kind of reminds me a lot of Lou Gehrig. Mm-hmm. Just a very good mm-hmm. on the field, good off the field, a good yep. leader. Uh, he's been able to hit for average. He's been able to hit for power. He's kind of been able to do it all in his career. He's won championships. Mm-hmm. He's yep. saw the worst. He saw the best. And I don't know. I, I It's just you really kind of have to applaud what Freddie Freeman does. Agreed. And on top of it, he has a hot wife. So, yeah, you know, I think we're wrong there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a Hall of Famer in my book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Freddie Freeman's number one. Now, looking back at our lists, last year yeah. you had Matt Olson number five, okay. Freddie Freeman four, Pete wow. Alonzo three. Okay. So I think Pete Alonzo moved up. He moved up a spot for me, yeah, even after uh, that shitty average. You and I, okay, so you had Paul Goldschmidt number two. He dropped off. Ooh, he's <laughs> Who? Exactly. Glad number one. Yeah, I had the same. I had Paul Goldschmidt three and Freddie Freeman two. Okay. Alonzo four, Abreu five. So Abreu and Goldschmidt dropped off for me. Man, okay. Well, we hardly knew you, right? We hardly <laughs> knew the. <laughs> well, I'm curious to look at next year. I mean, I was really close. I think you you had messaged me uh, when you were looking at the rundown. You're like, oh, no torque on your list. And I was like, I, I thought about it. You know, she had such the resurgence of, of uh, the end of the season, but just wasn't quite good enough to make my cut yet. So Yeah, and you made a comment at the end of last week's episode where you said I hinted torque, we might yeah. you know and i could have seen torque on the list mm-hmm. just because yeah, for me so when, when I, I don't know how you pick but when i pick i look at i still stay true to people who are like potential hall of famers or good for right. the game i'm not i'm not like mlb network could just jump ship completely on somebody right no right I'm same same yeah. if they have like a rough year so it's so that's why I think Vlad stayed on my list is because I still consider him one of the, I mean, you watch him play. He's still a threat at the plate. He's still a threat in the field. I mean, the guy just can play. And yeah. same thing with a lot of these guys. The only reason I think for me, I can only speak for Goldschmidt dropped off is because he just didn't have a good year. Plus he's older now. He's that, that was, those, well, that was the reason for me. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Paul, Paul Younger Goldschmidt. guys are kind of taking, mm-hmm. taking over now. I, I looked at the, the bulk of you know the other players that are here, and I picked five other players that are better than him right now. Right, and, you know he's a little bit older, and yeah, he had a down year last year, yep. and so there's other there were five other people that I, I could see as being better than he is right now. It's not to say if he doesn't have a good season this coming year that he can get back on the list, right? You know, but honestly, I don't see that happening. I think Father Time is starting to catch up a little bit. So. I, I think so, too. And I'm I'm, all, and I'm kind of wondering when we'll see that with Altuve and Freddie Freeman, mm-hmm. if we will at all. Because mm-hmm. between Altuve and Freddie Freeman, I mean, they're both 33, 34, respectively. And and they've had careers. I mean, just phenomenal careers. But right. now they're in that home stretch where the numbers start mattering now. Yep. Because you already yep. got the accolades, so the numbers yep. start mattering more now. So I'm interested to see if where the drop off is because mm-hmm. I, I hate to keep saying it, but there's always that scare that there's going to be that Miguel drop off in a player's career. <laughs> it really is. I mean, yeah. when he dropped off at like 34, mm-hmm. right? Was, was right, that the drop off? Right, right after about 33, 30, it was 2016 or so, I think was his last decent season. It was about that 33, 34 year, uh, year old at, at that point. Yeah. And when you're talking about a seven year, just mm-hmm. bad, just, just bad, just not <laughs> doing good at all, then that's, mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's kind of sad for a Hall of Fame player, right? Yeah, so, agreed. agreed. Uh, but it was fun seeing him get those accolades, the 3,000 mm-hmm. hits, the 500 home runs. Yep. So I kind of am in the early to mid-30s that now Altuve and Freddie Freeman are going. You're kind of wondering if the bottom is going to drop off at him. Yep. Yep. Or I when agree. it is. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Cabrera. And like I said, 2016 was 13, 38 home runs, 108 RBIs. And then 2017, that just that next year, wow. 16 home runs, 60 RBIs. I mean, at, after that, he barely played. That's when he had the the tricep or the, uh-huh. the, the tear. Yeah. And then it was just, you know, down, you know, tw- 12 home runs, 10 home runs, 15, five and four to close out his career. Yeah. Wow. So crazy. 
That's yeah, that's that bottom cool. dropped out quick from 108 RBIs down to 60. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, that's kind of what you see in a lot of these then and nows where you see, and we talked about it in with the then part of the series where mm-hmm. that you see Teddy K, man, he's just blowing it up in the 50s. And then you yep. just started to see that oh. grad, well, he's dropped off pretty quick. Yep. And you see others who just drop off and you're just, wow. I mean, that's just your career. And that happens with mm-hmm. a lot of players, but. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Goldsmith, you're wondering if that's going to happen now because Todd Helton, I remember it happening too in his Mm -hmm. first baseman, just where it doesn't all come together. So uh, next week, we dip into the best second baseman. Second base. All right. This should be fun, right? Yeah, the van part of the series and then the now. So, I mean, God, you're looking at Jackie Robinson. There's some good ones, man. Yep, yep. And then in the uh, the now, we're probably talk Altuve maybe again. Well, I mean, you got to put out. See, he's another one. He hasn't showed us that he sucks. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Right? But um, Mookie now might make it a premiere in there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's Ozzy Albies, Marcus Simi? I mean, yep. it, it goes on. So Yeah, it'll um, be fun. It'll be fun next week for sure. Yeah. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So uh, up for me this week is uh, a guy we just talked about here is uh, Bryce Harper. He's up $17.73 or 124.51% increase to a market value of $31.97. Up cards includes 2022 Tops Finest Flashbacks Power Kings, number PK-5, and his 2014 Tops, number 100. Uh, down for me this week is, uh, sadly to say, Big Power. Big Power. Power's gone from this guy. Yeah, he's down a dollar, $1.99, or a 13.13% decrease to a market value of $13.18. Uh, down cards includes 1965 Tops, number 442, and his 1956 Tops, number 67. Voice uh, up for me is good old Gil Hodges. Gil, Gil seen a spike. Gil seen (laughs) a forty dollar and thirty five cents increase. That's a two hundred and five point one three percent increase, which is wild. Market price for Gil sits around sixty dollars and two cents. I mean, that's a lot of those cards. You're going to see that in the forties and the fifties, maybe the sixties, but forties and fifties, thirties. You see those spikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 54 tops 102 is 59 tops 270 and his 72 tops 465 are all up down this week is Vlad Guerrero Jr. So yeah, down $3 and 84 cents. It's a 19.38% market price. Market price still sits a little higher than I would imagine. $15 and 97 cents. So I expect it to rise. Uh, his 2019 tops heritage rookie card, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 504 is 2019 tops uh, gold label black. Number 99 and his 23 top stadium club 278 are all down. I love those stadium club cards. I think I, I say it every that. time. Every time I see one, uh, you, uh, one of us mention it, just the, the photography on stadium oh, club, the, the Christmas beautiful. on it. It's, it's beautiful stuff. Absolutely. Uh, uh, shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. That's a fun one. It's a happy heavenly birthday to Yankee and you can say Red Sox great Hall of Famer, Babe Ruth. Baby like, Ruth. Yep. Yeah, Baby Ruth. Who is she? Who is she? <laughs> uh, born on February the 6th of 1895. Uh, career batting average of 342, 2,873 career hits, 714 home runs, obviously. Uh, 2,214 runs batted in. As a pitcher, he was 94 and 46 with a 2.28 ERA and 488 strikeouts. Started his career with uh, Boston and then had the infamous trade to the Yankees where he flourished and then closed out his career in 1935 with the Boston Braves and was a coach actually with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1938. Uh, Let me catch my breath here and read all of his stats. (laughs) Two-time All-Star, seven-time World Series champion, AL MVP in 1923, AL batting champ 1924, 12-time home run leader, five-time AL RBI leader. Uh, AL ERA leader in 1916 when he was a pitcher. Uh, pitched that combined no-hitter, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, in 1917. His number three is retired by the Yankees. He's a Monument Park honoree, Red Sox Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball Century Team, Major Oof. League Baseball All-Time Team, and uh, was elected in the Hall of Fame, uh, the inaugural class in 1936. Uh, but only got 95.1% of the uh, the votes there. I, I can't remember the exact number of people that didn't vote for him, but I think Ty Cobb ended up getting the highest uh, number of that inaugural class. So dumb. 
Right. I do not vote for it. Ah, it, it, exactly. Uh, and then trivia is what I spoke about earlier here. On June 23rd, 1917, Babe Ruth got ejected from a game after walking the leadoff batter, and then he argued with the umpire about the balls and strikes and uh, ended up punching the umpire in the jaw. Let's go. Which thing, yeah, which then got him ejected. Ernie Shore took over for uh, for Babe Ruth, and the leadoff batter that was uh, on base was caught stealing, and then Shore retired the next 26 straight batters, uh, which then gave Ruth and Shore... Uh, credit for the no hitter, Ruth retired. You know, yeah, exactly. Kind of funny, right? That is <laughs> Combined no hitter. He was only in there for one uh, one batter, but hey, he still gets credit, right? Yeah, he still gets credit. <laughs> yeah. that's that's so, kind of uh, wild, yeah. Isn't it? I love. I, uh, that's like one of my favorite. Uh, when when that one always shows up where he punched out an umpire. <laughs> that's wild. Today, if you can you imagine that player. Doing oh that? man, the suspension on that one would be crazy, right? You might be blacklisted. If yeah, exactly. I remember Roberto Alomar spit in the face of it. Oh, yeah. I remember in basketball and Dennis Rodman headbutted that referee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday to, uh, yeah, to Babe Ruth. Oh, oh Babe Ruth. Yeah. Babe still, Ruth. It's wild. You know, you see him, people say he probably wouldn't be good today. And that's probably true. But for the time, mm-hmm. just the massive, I mean, his bat speed was really good and the ball they were using and just his approach mm-hmm. to the plate. Right. Yeah. Still just an all time great for sure. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Speaking of all-time greats, that was an all-time great show right there, right? Yeah, it is. That was a fucking show. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, man. So next week, then and now, second baseman, we'll talk about pitchers and catchers reporting. Reporting, yep. Yep. With with a lot of uh, pitchers still on the market. I was going to say with Blake Snell sitting at home, waiting. Yeah. Right right by his phone, he like keeps turning it on every so often to see if he's getting a call. Yeah. As he's been watching shows on Netflix and catchers, Gary Sanchez sitting at home. Oh man, <laughs> cursing yeah. the Yankees' name, even though you, you damn know, you, Padre last year. Damn you, Yankees! Nick Sons Casti- of bitches. Nick Castiano sends him like that creepy, like Mike. Tyson. Oh, that Mike Tyson. Get- oh, jeez, and <laughs> creep the hell out of me when you sent that to me today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man. man. Uh thanks everybody for listening. Be a bud telebud. We very much appreciate all the all the support we've been getting. But in the meantime, guys, have a great week and we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.